Yeah, so we're, we're into the Derech Hashem, which we've, you know, I've left a quite a while already. No. Uh, I think we're on Per Gimel, uh, Simon Yud. So I'm going to begin there, you know. And the Ramchal continues uh, in terms of the Oilam Hazeh, the Oilam uh, Habo, and so on. And I think I, I had once mentioned that what is the essential, what does Mershom want really? What is the essential task in a certain sense? And the idea to that really is that there are several different aspects of the creation. If you want to look at it, there are different dimensions of creation. The first one is the dimension of divinity, or God, whoever he is. You know, there's a reality called God. That's one type of reality. Second type of reality is called Oilam Habo. Now, Oilam Habo is a spiritual reality. So, it, in many ways, it, it, that's what it is. But the spiritual reality comprises really two subsections. One is the spiritual worlds, which are the worlds, let's say, of the Malachim and Kabbalah, it's, uh, it would be oh, what's called Atsilus and Bria and Sira and so on, you know. They're certainly spiritual. We have no ideas about what the, law, what the laws govern these realities. We don't know what type of beings they are, but they have their own physics so to speak, their own realities, you know. But even them, they don't know what Oilam Haba is. Nobody knows what Oilam Haba is. So therefore, we can subdivide <coughs> spiritual reality into two types. One is spiritual reality, which is deficient, or the first one. And the second one is Oilam Haba, which is also <coughs> spiritual, but it is so unlike the spiritual, the first one, that even Malachim have no idea uh, of what Ulam Haba is. Because it says, like it says, the eye has never beheld what is stored for the righteous in the future. Now what that means is that it's not only our eyes, nobody knows. Malachim don't know. If you ask them, what's up ahead? You know, what's Ulam Haba about? They have no idea at all. So therefore, the spiritual domain or dimension, reality, can be subdivided into two. You know, there is the uh, deficient spiritual universe, and then there's the perfected spiritual universe, which is Oilam Habo. So therefore, the second aspect of reality is spiritual, as I just said, and it is subdivided into two. But besides that, there's also what's called a physical reality. A physical reality, in which of course, obviously, is the physical universe. <clears throat> and therefore, that concept of physicality, obviously, is different than spirituality. That is obviously the world that we inhabit. So that's the third reality. We have the divine reality, God. We have the spiritual reality. And then we have the third reality, which is the physical reality. But there's also a fourth reality. That's the world of the Sultan. Tumor. It's the world of the Sultan. 
It's also reality, you know. So in a certain sense, you could say it's spiritual, you know. <coughs> but it is a reality which is so different, really, even from the ruchnis, that we can call it, you know, uh, a different type of reality, <coughs> so on. <coughs> and the Rosham created these realities um, in order to lead ultimately to a certain direction. And the reality that the Rosham wants ultimately is the Ilum Haba reality, which will mean that ultimately speaking, the reality of the Satan, the worlds of the, what's called the Klippa or Tumah, will be destroyed, utterly destroyed. And the physical reality will be transformed. The essential task of a Jew is to mezakech, or purify, a physical reality into a spiritual one. That is his job. So the reality of the sun will be destroyed. The reality of the physical universe will be transformed. And the only reality that will exist will not be the spiritual reality, the first type, but the second type. And that type, as I once said, uh, said, is that it's infinite, or rather we, we don't really know what that reality is. I once spoke about what I think, as far as I'm concerned, what it is. Um, recall that? Recall what I said? Yeah? It's more existence. Yeah. Fundamentally what it is, we know that there's only two things that... Every, everything has existence. What exists is the essence of a thing. But every essence has existence. Like this table. This table has existence. We don't know what that is. We know the essential attributes of this table. Non-essential. And we know that it has existence. But we know that in the sphere of essences, there are many different kinds. In the sphere of existence, there isn't kinds of existence. Existence does not have a degree, well, he exists more, you know. So therefore, as far as we know, existence is a dichotomous concept. It either is or it's not. There's no in-betweens. However, since the essential relationship that the Bansham has with us <coughs> in Mazeb, his existence itself. He is our existence. Clearly then, the more you dove to him, the greater is your existence. Therefore we can say that Yomahapa is a place in which you can actually find existence itself intensified. Degrees. Now we don't know what that means. You know, we don't know what it means to exist more. We have no idea, you see. Um, and you know, like healthy, happy is already more, just not a small degree, it's a much greater degree, but that's already... Well, health is not, exist, it's not more existing. It means whatever existence you have, you know, you're better able to handle it in a certain sense. We don't know, you exist whether, you, whether a person's sick or not, he exists. There's no change in his existence. There could be a change in the state <coughs> of his health, you know, but whether he's sick or not, he exists, and that's the end of it, and so on, you know. We don't know what it means to exist more. But Ibn Hapo, since, like I said, the essential relationship that he, we have with the Bosham is that he is the source of our existence. 
Therefore, he is existence. And therefore, dvekas, which is what occurs in Ulam Habo, right, the greater dvekas, means that we are more connected to a being that is existence per se. That would mean that we have a greater degree of existence. That's why it says, I know so, that the eye has never beheld. But it doesn't say the brain cannot comprehend. What is held up in Ulam Habo. Because we can understand, we don't know what it, we can, we've never experienced it, but I can understand the concept of a greater degree of existence, although I have no idea what that means, you see. And obviously, to have a greater kind of existence is the greatest of all states. That's really what it is. Now, does that mean in, in, that in Oedem Habo there won't be Tanugam, pleasure? course there'll be pleasure. The concept of pleasure will always be. But the pleasure, the essential pleasure apparently will be that you exist more. And apparently that is an incredible pleasurable, pleasurable state. Let's see. So that's, that, that's an idea of what Oyam Habar probably is. You think existence is a separate space from spiritual? No, everything has existence. No, even spiritual. Yeah. The only thing is, there's no such thing as more existence. Therefore, essentially, those realities <coughs> which I have mentioned, um, like I said, the, the, the world of the Eight Sahara, which is the world of the Klippa, Tumma, will be eradicated. The world of Geshem will be transformed. And the only thing that will be left is Ruchni, but not even Ruchni in the, in the, the, the uh, spiritual sense, it will be Ruchni. Ah, so in any case, that is the essential idea of a Jew. And the way to transform reality is how? Is by bringing down a greater, what's called Hashpo or Shefa of the Rabbanu Shalom. You need to bring down more and so on. And that's really what the mitzvahs do. They bring down a greater amount of Shefa. And therefore reality is changed. So this is an important introduction before we get into Ramchal, which Ramchal is about to speak about. So the Ramchal says, this is in uh, Perikimel, Klal Yud, or that the essential reward that means when people receive this reward will be after Tchiesa Mesim not before and what Ramchal says also interestingly enough is that in Oilam Habo you have the Guf and the Neshama both most people think that in the world of spiritual there will only be the neshama. Well, that's incorrect. You'll have the guf and the neshama. However, the guf, the body that we have now, is not going to be the same body that we have now. It will be a body that is transformed without any contaminant, physical contaminant. And we don't know what that is. In other words, it's almost like the body is not neshama, but then again, it's not body either. It's some type of a midway 
you know. In other words, you will have a neshama, obviously, but the body, what the what the, the and we'll see <coughs> that the neshama is what does it. The neshama will mezakech the guf. The neshama will purify the body of its geshem, leaving the body spiritual to the extent that we understand now. So it's sort of like it's not physical, okay, but it's spiritual, but not like the spirituality of the neshama, which is very interesting because I think the Rambam says that the neshama is the only thing that will uh, be in Oilam Habo or in Oilam Habo itself. Disagrees with the Rambam? What's that? <coughs> well, it's not Rambam, it's the Yari. I mean, what the, this is basically coming from the Yari. No, we don't say that the Kuf also goes, in, goes there and the, and the Kuf is a, is a source of Simcha for the Mishan. Yes, yeah, we're going to get to that, yeah. Because that's that's the, what I'm saying. Yeah, we the Yari The Kuf is no Ilam Habo. That's the Chiddush. The fact that the Kuf arises after Tchia that we know. After the resurrection of the dead, the Kuf gets up that we know. But once the world is removed, that the goof should also be named Mahapa is incredible. You see. <coughs> so the way it does that <clears throat> is that the Neshama, which we will see, removes the physicality of the body itself. So it's going to be something like a spiritual entity, but not the same type of spiritual entity as the Neshama. That's what we're going to see. Just ask real quick. The, the, yeah. the reward for mitzvahs doesn't happen until after the resurrection. The what? The reward for mitzvahs, did you say, doesn't Does not happen, happen until after the resurrection of the dead. Is that what you said? Uh, really, it doesn't happen until Elam Habba. So the thought that we have now that if someone has an award this evening, they have the scores from something or they merited it from doing something, is that, an, is that a false thought? How does that play? You know, let's say I, I, I have the opportunity to do a good deed tomorrow, and I'm saying I have a big interview a week later. I want to be good this week. I want good things to happen. Or if someone has a medal, is that a false thought that that we can influence that next week I'll have a great week on an important day or something? Uh, you know, because if we try to elevate ourselves, we don't see the results of that. No. So then that no. No. We do see results, but it's not an Oilam Habba result. You see. Don't we get reward now? No, because the, the nature of the reward of a mitzvah, okay, is not something that can be had in a physical universe. It's not possible. The reward that the Neshama receive, okay, is a reward that is devoid of any physical universe. You see, uh, so therefore, this is not a place that you can have that reward. It's obviously not a physical reward. <coughs> it is only is a reward that a person can only experience in a spiritual universe. And since we are not in a spiritual universe, we cannot receive that reward. So the good things that we think we have today, as we sit here, how does that? How is that derived or merited or uh, So therefore, when it says that the reward of a mitzvah in this world does not exist, obviously what that means is that it exists only in Ilm Hapo. So then what does exist? What does exist, okay, 
is greater opportunity to do more mitzvahs. You see, you know, it's like a guy's, uh, uh, he's a teller in a bank, you know, so he makes a certain amount of money. But let's say that teller does a really great job, and that teller is elevated to be a VP, vice president. Does the vice president still have to work? Yes. But the person would rather work as a vice president than a teller, you see. You know, it's the opportunity has been enormously increased because the money is more, the covet is more, the honor is more, the recognition is greater. All of this, you know, it's more pleasurable for the person. Yet at the same time, the person has to work. Well, yeah, that's, that's different because, you know, but the, the essentially what is going on here is that the opportunities to get reward is improved. That's the reward, so to speak. You know, but it's not the etzim reward that the person receives as a result of the mitzvah. That can only be happening in Eid al-Mahabba. You see a bigger expense allowance. Big expense allowance, more salary, greater benefits, more vacation pay. You know, I mean, there's a lot of goodies, obviously, that come with a greater uh, promotion. But in the end, you still have to come to the bank, 9 o'clock, you know, put your uh, time slot, whatever it's on, you know. It just says it's more pleasurable, you know. But it cannot be the ultimate reward. Because a physical universe cannot bear that. <coughs> yeah, anyway. <clears throat> now, in the future world, which is interesting, that the reward that a person has in the future world, they're not equal. A person is not equal. There's certain fundamental ideas that happen in the future world. One is that there is no equality in the future world. What happens in the future world t totally depends on the amount of input that you did. The amount of input in terms of mitzvahs, good deeds, chesed, terah, whatever you want to call it, right? And therefore, each person, therefore, as a result of that, will have different levels of input. Of st his stature or his station will be completely different, you know, uh, because of that and so on. So that's an important consideration. Another very important idea is that everybody will grow. There's no such, in other words, everybody starts off at what's called a baseline. And that baseline depends on how much what you did. It depends on how much you accomplished, A, and how much effort you expended, B. And what happens is that you get a certain baseline. That's how you start. And from that baseline, you begin to grow. You see. And therefore, each person starts out at a certain baseline, depending on what he did. And there's an enormous amount of, obviously, determining factors that go into what your status, what your baseline is in Edom Habba. How much you accomplished, how much, what you avoided, you know, you Messias Nefesh. Your yagiya. There is so much that is inputted or that determines what your baseline is made in So as a result of that, really no, 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 two, no two people are equal. But what it does do is establishes a baseline and then everybody grows more and more. And it's an infinite growth. It's amazing that there can be a place, you know, 
and it's an infinite growth, and there's no real time. It's hard to know what the time thing is. But imagine from nanosecond to nanosecond, you will grow. That's the amazing thing. It's hard to understand what kind of experience that is, you know? Could you imagine at 12 o'clock you're going to have one experience, and at 12.01 it's another experience, which is infinitely more than at 12 o'clock. And then at 12.02 you're experiencing something which is infinitely later than at 12.01. You know, you figure that, you know, how, how long can this incredible thing go on? But it doesn't stop, you know? It's hard for us to believe that how can good be infinite? Because in this world, good is what? Good is always... Limited. What? Limited. It's limited, and after a while, you know, the good times are over. You know, that's it, you know? What? Is there a... Is there a... Oh, but in Havo, you don't get bored. You see, that's part of being good. You don't get bored, because here, I don't care what you do, after a while you get bored, you become saturated, and the mind says, you know, and then you, you know, whatever, you know. But in Havo, there's no such thing as boredom. You know, and there's no such thing as routine. You know, it just goes on and on. And it's like you can't believe what's going on. It's like every other minute you're in a state of shock. You know, you can't believe. And you know it's got to end sometime or diminish, you know. But it doesn't. It never diminishes. It grows from minute to minute. And it never ends. And it's infinite. It's like, how do you even measure something like that? You can't. You can't measure something like that, and so on. But whatever it is, I mean, well, why does it why does it grow from in magnitudes of infinity? Because <clears throat> there's no measure in, in, in the Mahabal. No there's no measure here. We could say there's such a thing as quantity in the Mahabal. Here we have quantity and the qualities and so everything on. is unmeasurable. Even the, even the increments, even the increments are, are not measurable. You know, we, we don't really know what they are. There's no quantity <coughs> in the Mahabal. No. So in a certain sense, what you will experience at 12.01 is infinitely greater than 12 o'clock. So you cannot imagine if it's infinitely greater, you know, or... You see, it's a world without measure, so... Yeah. It's a world without measure, so like, you know, then, you know, so what happens at 12.02? What happens at 12.30? It's like, you know, you can't believe what's happening at 12.30, what? There is a 12.30. Well, I'm using, you, you know, physical terms, you know, you know, and so on, so... So basically time... Time, even though it's really a part of this world, remains. No. Yeah. Well, in a no. certain sense, there is a look. This time has changed. Well, obviously, if you grow, growth always means what? Time. The growth means two things. Growth means change, and it means time. It means past and present and future. Or else, how could you grow if there's no past, present, and future? What does it mean? You know, growth means that there's a future, and there's a change, you know. So, well, you know, obviously I'm using terms that are physical terms, but whatever happens here, we use those terms, is that this it is... It could be something different, just we don't understand. What? what? We're talking in terms of Olam Hazed, but it really could be something beyond our comprehension. Yeah, it it's is. Including, yeah. quote-unquote, growth. Yes. They say, which is interesting, that if you, imagine if you took, if you were able to put into a capsule all the pleasure that you had in one day, then you put into that capsule the entire year. 
that imagine if you were able to put in that capsule the totality of every pleasurable experience you ever had for an entire year, and then you put an entire lifetime, right? Imagine putting that in a capsule. So imagine if you took that capsule and you swallowed it, you would feel something which is unbelievable, right? Now imagine if you could take that capsule and you could put the pleasure of the totality of all mankind. In other words, take the amount of pleasure that mankind has experienced now <coughs> in all the years of Ayyub Hasef. That's a lot of stuff, you know. Even though they say that this world is basically what? Is an island of pleasure, a sea of pain. You ever heard that one? You know, it's, it's like little islands of pleasure in a vast sea of pain. What about that, right? Because it's, you know. But imagine if you took all the islands of pleasure of all mankind that ever existed, right? <coughs> and were able to box it in, you know. That would not be equal to one second of Ilm Haba. And that's pretty good. You know, that's really pretty good. That's what they said, you know. So, and that's one second of Ilm Haba. Now, imagine Ilm Haba, every minute is infinitely greater than the next minute. So, of course, it's Ayn al so Of course, we cannot comprehend what that means, you know. So, will we have any comprehension, any semblance of us right now? I mean, how would we know that would just be the way it is? Like the Zen thing, you're just there, would you know, wow, this is much better than what we used to have? Yeah, oh yeah. We'll have that away. Yeah, yeah. Is there a social setting there in society <laughs> where you just I mean, is there marriage? No, I mean, is there some Is sort there of kids? Is there nightclubs? I'm like, what? what? <laughs> is a shul? Like, you know, are there shuls? Is there a shul? You know? <laughs> is there some semblance of community or other, you know, or is just your own personal experience? You mean, are we going to have a government or something like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Would you know who they were? Would yes, you know? yeah. So we'll have a paper uh, that says, I was. You know, and so, you know, you meet your wife. Well, if we're mostly Gilgul, and how, uh, how do you handle that at uh, the family functions and things like that? <laughs> you know, your you could have a gazillion brothers and sisters. Oh, yeah, you probably would have a gazillion brothers and sisters. You're going to meet all the wives, all the Gilgul. And the wives. And the Could you imagine being confronted by all the wives? <laughs> and child support. <laughs> 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 you know what the problem with that? You imagine being confronted with all the wives and so on and so forth and they're all screaming at you for what you did to them, right? But you know why that could never exist? Because that wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> no, that would be Gehenim. <laughs> so how could you have that kind of Gehenim? No, that's that. Everything obviously has very peaceful. Everybody has to love each other. I mean, you, you meet them, but they kind of tell you. What? You meet them? You meet them, but they kind of tell you. No, they can't tell you. Anything. That's probably why it's Ulam Habra. <laughs> Forget about everything else. But anyway, the main idea is that it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a dimension that we, we cannot possibly imagine in song, you know. Um, and each person will experience this individually, you know. Uh, it's within you yourself, you will experience this vacas. It'll be internal as they say, inherent, 
you know, intrinsic, the experience itself. Uh, so as such, I don't, I, I don't think you can even convey what you're feeling <coughs> to the next guy. See, so you don't really know. Everybody's walking around with this incredible, beatific smile on his face. <laughs> And, and you know everybody's enormously happy and, and you know you don't know but you don't know what the guy's experiencing you know but remember you know each one starts at a certain baseline and then you grow from that baseline you know so then there's growth the so you don't really know what the other guy's experiencing so therefore there can never be any jealousy well, because everybody's got this smile on the face <laughs> it's the same smile you know what I'm saying so what, so what do you do with the fact that all the regret the person says, you know, he was, he's on level A when he really could have reached the level B. And that's the busha. So you're saying so even in Olam Haba there's busha? No. There can't be worse. You could never... So what happens to the busha? It's not an Olam Haba. It's a gandam. So, so what, happens, what happens to that busha? Well, that's removed. You have to remember one thing, which is important. Uh, for instance, let's say the concept of evil. Okay. Ra. You know? Imagine you're in Olam Haba and you're remembering all the evil that happened. Well, that would be an incredible what? That would be incredible tsar. So how could that be an Eilam Habo? So apparently what probably happens is that the Rabbani Shalom removes the concept from existence. So you can't think about that. Remember, the, con the only concepts you can think about to understand why it is just. Yeah, but, but like I say, you know, what the Rabbani probably does is he removes many concepts from existence. So that just sounds like a lobotomy to just get rid of the symptom. What? It sounds like a lobotomy to get rid of the symptom. That doesn't sound like yeah. a profound, actual, yeah, intrinsic... It's either that, A, there's another possibility. Okay. okay. So the first possibility is that the motion will remove all these ideas that can create fear, anxiety, embarrassment, and so on. Okay. The second possibility is that in that world there are no questions. Everything is understood to be toyed moid. That's I why it says, Kishem Shemavokham Al-Hara, excuse me, Al-Toyv, Mavokham Al-Hara. Why? Because we don't see that. We, we, to us there's good and evil. Uh, but at the level of the motion, there's not just thing as evil, although we don't really understand that. At his level, everything is incredible. Everything is hatova. At the end of the day, I have the resources to accomplish A, and I accomplish B, and I can, and I and that, that manifests in my status and all that. Yeah. So in front of me every single day is I may have level one zillion, but I could have had level two zillion. But it could be, but it could be that you're so into experiencing the pleasure of that that you're in the people. And who cares what I could have done? Right now it's unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, imagine you're in the market, right? The stock market, right? And all of a sudden, in, in one day, you made a billion dollars. Now you can sit down and say, you know, I could have made two. One billion dollars is so beyond what you could even do it. You really can't could make two? Yeah, who cares? Uh, you see what I'm saying? So the whole thing is what's called moot. It's irrelevant what you could have done. Because what you're getting now is so beyond what could have happened. What what happened, what you could it's so beyond what you can expect. 
that who cares if there's more, you see. So that's another possibility of what happens in Eidem Hapo, you know. But one thing is clear, you cannot in any way suffer from what you did in Eidem Hazer. Is it possible that then it person, wouldn't be Hapo? Is it possible that through Yisurim, in Gehenim, wherever it is, that he sort of makes up for all that, that he could have accomplished A, he accomplished B instead. But it could be that he sort of gets, uh, accomplishes level, the, the level he should have gotten to through Yisurim and Ganim or whatever, and then when he's in Olam Haba already, or it's, or, then, then he is where he was, what it was supposed, where he had the potential to be. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. No. It doesn't, ba- it doesn't balance out, you know, you know, it's a, you did a certain amount of good and evil, so it detracts from the good. No, no. You need to get, you need to get, you need to um, comp- uh, compensate for the evil, get rid of it, and you get all the good that you did. There's no such thing as well as subtract the evil from the good instead of walking no, around. No, no, I meant that a person is a Gehenim. Yeah. And he threw you serum, Hashem makes out, makes sure he gets to where he was supposed to have been. Because he only accomplished half of what he's supposed to do, and Hashem says he'll, he'll accomplish the rest through tremendous Yisur, in Gehenim or whatever. No, Gehenim, right. no, Gehenim is only Kapara, there's no... So I'm saying Kapara, for what he did, what he felt. Yeah, so you remove the I mean, there's no, there's no, There's no accomplishment, there's no. only restitution. Correct, yeah. The only place you can accomplish is this world. So Yisur is only to get rid of the bad. So the whole third, so the Tikkun... When Rebbe said that Tikkun is a, is a, is that that you serve as a Tikkun device, that's only to be sucking what you messed up. Uh, basically, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not really clear, but yeah, yeah. But anyway, the, the upshot of all this, yeah. What? What? The Morris says that there is mechava mitzvah. What's that? The Morris says the site that a beira can be mechava mitzvah. A beira can be distinguish a mitzvah. Extinguish or mechaber. I wasn't. Yeah. Why? Why would that be? This is on itself, and that there is by itself. What's the? You just said that. Well, probably because you can have harot on the mitzvah. Because is there certain averes that a person does, you know, where that where where the person is mischarit on the mitzvah itself, so that can taka remove a mitzvah. Rabbeinu Yonah, I think, explains that Avera Mechava Mitzvah means it's just the, the ore of the mitzvah is like covered by the, in this world, is covered by the In this world, yeah. And then once, once we remove the Avera, the, uh, we get the Hashpah of the mitzvah. Yeah, but in another sense, if you, mis- if you have Charoto, you regret having done a mitzvah. That can be Mechava Mitzvah in that sense, you know. And the righteous of the other nations anyway. inherit the world to come, right? Yes. So I've heard people explain that to me, like for each tzitzis ring, there's 70 members of the other nations that will be like our servants. What do you need servants for if everything is uh, on such an ecstatic level? What's, what's their experience going to be like? Will they be ecstatic? Or no, be you're not going to have servants in Oilem Habo. That's only in, in Yemosa Mashiach. Okay. No, in Oilem Habo there's no servants. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to have it, hire any Mexicans <laughs> for those who are into that, you know. Uh, no, there's no, there's no maid service, you know. So this situation based on the seven Noahide laws. Yeah, those goy, a goy can have a ilum habo. Why not? Anybody can. In fact, a goy could be a novi. It says that in um, oh, it's, uh, 
says that Tonit Velio, anybody can be a Novi, if they worked at it and they achieved a certain status. No. But that refers to that every Jew will have whatever, seven or ten, you know, that's only in, in Muslim Shia, not in Oyedim Habo. Oyedim Habo is a whole different situation, and so on and so forth, you know. Uh, let's face it, it's nice to look forward to it. You know, that after all this is over and done, that there's a place that is an infinite uh, upward growth, the upward bound, you know. <clears throat> but but uh, as I said, yeah, uh, so that the level, the base level, is dependent on A, what you did, accomplished, and also the effort. And a lot of people don't realize that the effort in a certain way is greater than the achievement. Anybody know why? It says in the Gemara, from Tsaro Agra, from Tsaro, according to the Tsar, right? The, uh, the uh, pain, of whatever, uh, and so on. Agra is the reward. Why? You may ever wonder why? Isn't success only, depend only up to Hashem? You can only do the effort. No, no, but, it, but, but, the, but why is it that the agro, the reward, depends on the effort? Why? No, the amount of effort. <coughs> why is that? Because what Ramchal is saying, um, you also have that it depends on the achievement also, which we, you hope you lead to. You know? <clears throat> you know what? Because in the end, what is the essential mechanism of the mitzvah? What's it all about, really? <clears throat> what a mitzvah really is, is a wherewithal, or a hechetimso. It is an instrument whereby you deny self. Why? Because the denial of self is an expression of Eneid Mavadoi. It's really what it is. <clears throat> Imagine a guy sleeping, you know, and it's six o'clock in the morning. And it's in the middle of the winter, and it happened to snow last night, two feet. You know, and all of a sudden there's alarm clock rings, which means, Minion! And your wife is banging down the door and saying, hey, come on, you got to go Minion and all that, right? Okay? And you're having now a battle. What's the battle? Here's the battle. The battle is a battle of act. Should I get up and go to Minion, or should I remain, you know, or should I dive in at the castle? <laughs> Which means turn around and place the wall. Right? <clears throat> so that's, what's that? That's a conflict of act. But is that a real conflict? No, the conflict is deeper. The conflict is, should I get up and go to the minion? Because that is the will of God. Because His will is greater than mine. Or His will supersedes mine. Or should I go back to sleep and do my will? So it's a battle of will, right? The conflict of will. So the first conflict is the act itself. The second conflict is the conflict of will. Whose will dominates? But then there's a third level of conflict. What is that? Should I get up for Minion and do his will? Because his will supersedes mine. Because his will is the only will. Or should I remain sleeping, act, and because I want to do my will, because Yeshayt Besides God, there's also me. You see. <clears throat> so, when you get up, what's the greatest, how do you testify? 
or rather, what exactly is the testimony? So the testimony is Eneim Mavadoi Yeshev Mavadoi. Clearly then, what determines how much testimony you gave? The answer is effort. Because the more difficult something is, and you overcome it, there's a greater testimony of Eneim Mavadoi. You see? So if Eneim Mavadoi is where it's at, and the effort is the giloi, or the determinant of how much anal muvada you did, then therefore from tsaragra. That's why. So it is the effort that determines the amount of testimony of anal muvada, and therefore the reward depends on anal muvada because we don't meet the connected meter. If you declare anal muvada, the reward in a mahabo is anal muvada. It's really what it is. It's more than the mice itself? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because the mice, if you think about it, the act itself is really the repercussions of the effort. The, the key thing, well, what is Oilam Habba the real experience? What are you really experiencing in Oilam Habba? Really, that ain't Mavada. That besides God, there's nothing else. You are experiencing the greatest type of contact with God as the only thing that exists altogether. And therefore, that's a meter connected meter. The more you experience Eneg Mavada, which is the amount of effort, and that determines the intensity of the Eidos, the greater will be your reward, Eneg because Eneg is the experience of Eneg Mavada. You see? That's why the form Tsara Agra, according to the effort, the Tsar is the reward, because the greater the Tsar, the greater is the denial of self, is the greater the expression of Enoid Mavado, and the Agra is Enoid Mavado. There you are, see? That's why. That's why in the end, what God wants is the effort. Of course the effort will lead to success, but is the effort that is the gilo of how much you are testifying Enoid Mavado. Interesting. Same thing happens with Averas, right? Kashi, Yehu, Averas. Well, the Averas is the opposite. When you do Avera, you are declaring Yeshu Mavadoi. Because I can do what I want, it's my will, I do what I want. So therefore, that diminishes the amount of Enoid Mavadoi that you experience. And therefore, that will diminish the amount of Elam Hapa you experience. You see, it's a meter connected meter kind of thing. That is why Enoid Mavadoi. Uh, is the classic uh, mechanism or uh, goal that you want to reach. And really it says, you know, it says, Right? Here is real, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And we know that the last letter of Shema is Ayin. The last letter of Echot is Dalit, and they're large. Why? Because it spells out eight. Because that's really what it is. You need to testify that the Bansham is an Echot. And what happens if you testify that the Bosham is an Echod? Then read it backwards. Dalar Ayan is Da. You will know that. You see? If you're an aid that ain't a Mavadoi Echod, then Dalar Ayan, reverse it. Dalar Ayan is Da. That's exactly what you will know because that's the experience of Inam Habo. You see? Perfectly logical. That's why the Fumtsaro Agro. The, the, the amount of reward is based basically <coughs> on the amount of effort. And that's why you can never judge anybody. 
because you don't know the effort. You can see the accomplishment, but you never know what the guy put into it. You see, that's why a guy who's in shul, two guys could be dominating next to each other. Yes? And one guy's reward could be a thousand times greater than the other guy's reward. Why? Because the guy, one guy's reward depends on how much effort he had to expend to get up in the morning to go to shul. You see. Not only that, maybe he had to walk. You know, he had to walk, uh, you know, uh, 15 blocks or whatever. Whereas the other guy is right next door. You see? You can't measure effort. That's why it's impossible to know, really, the spiritual level of another person. And what's interesting is that even if it's not a mitzvah, or rather even if you fail, what happens if you want to do a mitzvah, you put your effort into it, and it never happened. So what happens? Well, we would think that, hey, you missed out. You didn't do the mitzvah, so what do you want? But if the actual deed itself isn't the reward, really, because that's not the statement of Eimah Madoi. The statement is really what? The effort. Then it doesn't make a difference if you don't accomplish your goal. Isn't that interesting? That it doesn't make a difference. You won't get the schar of the mitzvah. No, you will. No, the schar of the mitzvah is not dependent on success. It's dependent on your gear, effort. Because that is the testimony of Eimah Madoi. You see? It's, it's an interesting idea. So if a guy, let's say a guy is killing himself to understand, you know, to, let's say to learn Torah. And he's killing himself to understand Torah, right? And in the end, he couldn't figure it out. He just didn't get it, for whatever reason, right? But the, the effort itself is the reward. Because the essence of the Enoch Mavadai testimony is the effort, not the success. That's why it says, What does that mean? They work and we work. They work and they don't get <coughs> We do. Why? Because their job is to know or to be successful, not to declare Enid Mavadari. Whereas our job is to do what? Is to declare Enid Mavadari. So what's the difference if we're successful or not? Of course we want to be successful, right? Of course we do. But the reward is not based on success or failure. It is based on your efforts. So does that mean theoretically somebody... It's a very, it's a very important Nakuda, and I'm explaining why. Because the essence of Ilum Habo is Gilu Yehudoi and Hasogas Yehudoi to experience God, to be Masik who He is, and that is dependent on what? On testimony. And the measure of the testimony is the Effort. You're saying it's po theoretically possible for somebody in a later generation to have the same, to have a om, an old haba on par with the others. Correct. Exactly. It's astounding, isn't it? Yeah. Imagine a guy is born and his father happens to be the God Hador. You know? Right? And so, you know, like, what does it take for him to do a mitzvah? On the contrary, if he doesn't do the mitzvah, he get reprimanded and all that. Another guy is born, right, to some people, parents who are fried, and they're always discouraging him, and he says, I don't care, and he goes against his parents' wishes, the society, the community, all to do the Rotsen HaBodere. Who's greater? Interesting. Everybody would say, well, the other guy, because take a look, you know. 
it's like the Vilna Goyen used to say. We are amazed at the Vilna Goyen. And there's no question about that. He was an amazing individual, you know. But the Vilna Goyen himself said once, hey, what's the problem here? You know, who am I? I'm really zero. My head is all purely a gift of God. It's not because I am the Vilna Goyen. It's because he made me the Vilna Goyen. What a difference. So he said, Ein moinim dapim elashos. They don't count plot. You know, if you're going to count plot, I mean, hands down, he won. <laughs> right? He won. I mean, he finished Vachim Menachas in one night. You know? We look if we finish Vachim Menachas in five years. <laughs> you know? So we would figure he won, and that's the end of it. What can you do? And the answer is no. Then we couldn't care less how many plot he finished. They count how many hours he spent. And the hours is the effort. You see, that's why it's possible for somebody in this door to be greater than the Rishonim Niachboinu. You know, I'm not saying that it was easy for them, don't get me wrong. But the Rishonim knows the MS. He will see that if a person is truly a Yagea, right, and he can measure the Yagea, we can't. Right? He will say this person is much greater than that person. You know. Now, if you want to know how great are we, right? Everybody here needs a boost. <laughs> yes, we all need a boost, right? Uh, yeah. But that's a special name with that. Since whatever, at least Eden, our rottenness do good, so even if we didn't do it, Depshah doesn't start, but doesn't automatically mean that every gear has in it a schar. <coughs> if you did it with the mitzvah, you'll get the full schar. But not every gear by itself is a schar, but it's not going to be a schar of a mitzvah. No, because each one entails effort. Even the mitzvah entails effort. No, 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 no. no. It, it, the question is, what do you, no, 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 what do you get? No. If you apply a gear, what do you get? The gear applied to what? To the mitzvah. Let's say you did a gear with a mitzvah. You get a mitzvah with a certain amount of gear. Yeah. Right. But, but you don't. You didn't do a mitzvah. You then you get a certain amount of gear. You don't get the mitzvah. Unless there's a din that they shouldn't start the mitzvah to a mitzvah. Because the machshava is the mitzvah. There's two components to a mitzvah. There's his machshava and his mitzvah. So therefore, each one will have a certain amount of gear. You see? Let's say a person has a machshava, and all of a sudden he gets a thought, ah, it can't be true. And then he has to sit and think, you know, wait a minute, is it true? You know, that's Yagiyah for a certain Machshava. Now, whether he did that mice or not doesn't make a difference. Machshava in and of itself is a mitzvah, independent of a mice. Right, but let's say he wants to go, he wants to go down. Yeah. He wants to go down in Minyan. And there was no Minyan. Yeah. So unless he didn't do it, but he wanted to go down Minyan. So now, does he get scared like he down with the Minyan? Yes. Yeah. That's because of the dinner machshav mitzvah for mice. Yeah, yeah. But is there any other dimensions such as the or other dimensions which we only get? I don't do with fault. It's not a matter of fault. Question is what is? I don't do with fault. Look, obviously, if a per but you understand? Wait, wait, wait. If a person wants a daven, so he will get a, that. That's a mitzvah in itself. Right. Now, if a person does daven. Then that's another mitzvah. Right. It's almost like so. Therefore, you measure the yagiyah of that mitzvah. You know, the rebbeim will determine what mitzvahs you can do. 
there know? are certain rules that have a din of machshav b'tayim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's say by goyim, we know the rule is by goyim. They don't have machshav b'tayim so they won't get the schar of the machshav b'tayim. They'll get only if they do. But there's still a gear that they put in when they do, they'll get it. And if they don't do, they won't get it. <coughs> Who says they get schar of the gear? Why you get schar of the gear? There's certainly gear that. Why not? Why not? That's the measure. It takes, it's, you know, I want to tell you something. Look, you know, I, I, you know, you have to know one thing with the Barsham. You know, he, he doesn't want to fool us. You know, look, you know, you know it's like the ain't a kaddish boku b'ketrunya. You know, Barsham never comes. Hey, 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 I fooled you. You know, he doesn't do that kind of stuff. You know, you know, hey, you know, you spent half your life, you got nowhere. You know, Barsham does. <laughs> He's not out to betray or to deceive us. He's honest. He says, if you really did it. You deserve it. Then what's the problem here, you know? It's not that I have to spend money giving you the... To me, I just create the reward. It's not like, well, okay, I have to write out a check now. I don't want to give it to you guys. I have, it's coming out of my bank account. You know what I'm saying? The budget of the bank account is infinite, you know? So the truth is, you have to understand that, Chazal. Why? Why is it if a guy wants to do a mitzvah and he doesn't, why shouldn't he be rewarded? Because... Thinking itself is an incredibly good thing, whether you did it or not. You have to understand that, Chazal, because it seems to be connected justice. So that's what or it's connected the goodness of the Rebbe The simple thing is that a guy will get schar for the thought, but not for the mitzvah. That's where the chilik is. A yid will get schar for the mitzvah itself, besides the effort, and a guy won't get schar for the mitzvah, but will get schar for the thought. That he will get. Why wouldn't he get schar for the mitzvah? And they give for reasons. They say, the simple reason they say is because a guy usually doesn't do good things, so for him to do it, he has to break it, and we don't see the break, we don't see him doing it. A yid, we see him doing the rats and tire. That's the simple reason they get. But that shows there's a chilik, but a guy did it. So if he didn't do it, they both didn't do it. Anyway, um, yeah, so anyway, so that, that's the concept which is very important. Why, if the reward is really based on the effort, because that's the testimony of Enid Mavadoy. So, oh, I wanted, yeah, I wanted you to think. Good news. So, where do we stand? Boost. Oh, where do we stand? <laughs> What's that? He said boost. 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 <laughs> Here's the boost. <coughs> Rabbi Yisrael Vision says the following. He made two incredible statements. He said that the Nisoyim today is so great, okay, that it is as great as, I don't remember if he said either is, it is as great or greater, I don't recall which one, but either way it's incredible. Let's assume it's as great as Akedis Yitzchak is. Yes, it's beyond belief. And we have been collecting from Akedis Yitzchak for the last 4,000 years. He said that in the Ikvus of the Meshichah, the end the difficulty of doing a mitzvah will be so great that it will be equal to, I'm not sure if it was equal to or greater, but let's assume equal to, it will be equal to the Akedis Yitzchak, which is beyond belief. Yes. That means every mitzvah you do is equal to Avroma Venus Akedis Yitzchak. And that's, that is something to write home about, as they say, you know. It's beyond belief, yeah. But he also says, why is that? You do You know, B'Shlemus Ahim, B'Shlemus Ahim. He did it. You know, I mean, 
you know, Yale Shmo, Yishma Shmo, you did it, you know. You know, the question is why. So he made another statement. He said, what will be the Nisoyim in the end of time? He says, this is the Nisoyim. Remember there was a story between Elion and by the Nevi'i Baal? You know, it's famous, right? Where he had the Nevi'i Baal. You know, so fun. Elion always says, listen, how long are you going to switch back and forth? Come on. Either their right or either their God is Baal or our God. You know, how long are how long do we go, what do you call Stay safe from here. It's okay, here's the great test, right? So he went up to Harakano, right? And he has two Kabanas, right? One is the Baal, the Nevi'e Baal, the Nevi'e Baal, the guys from Baal, and the one was our Nevi'e, and it was just Elio. And so he says, okay, you guys go first, right? And they were screaming all day, and they're cutting themselves, you know, that's what they do, and so on, so, you know. Uh, so finally, Elio, you know, and they couldn't bring down nothing, you know? And meanwhile, one of the guys tried to come under the light of fire. It was the Midrashman, a snake bit him and he dropped dead. Whatever, you know, obviously they, they were desperate, you know. And, and, and they were cutting themselves because that's what they go, you know, those Baal, part of it is to cut yourself to show them serious never. What? Scarification. Scarification? They do the natural canal when it's happening in America. Is that to show them serious nefesh? Or the, how much the world to go through. Yeah, so Elio finally looked at them. <laughs> so Elio finally looked at them and, and he said to them, hey guys, cut it out. Anyway, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> Those guys were slow. Uh, so he said, okay. So obviously he was Mispah, was called Mincha, and all of a sudden a lightning bolt came down, consumed the animal, the Mispah, everything. You know, thank God didn't consume our Carmel. But it didn't. Anyway, so that was it. Okay, so obviously, then he all said, Hashem will kill whatever, and so on and so forth. So the Yisrael region says this. He says, could you imagine uh, if, right? Could you imagine if Elio is being misspelled, right? And the lightning bolt comes down, not on his carbon, but on Baal's carbon. So, right? He said, hey, what's going on here? I thought God was on my side. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he said, that's the the type of Nisan, where it will seem as if the Bosham is aiding and abetting and sponsoring the Rishoyim, not us, and that he is completely arrayed against Klai Yisrael. Now, go do a mitzvah in that time. That's the point. Of an unbelievable degree. <clears throat> so you could begin to understand what that means, you know, and then you could also begin to understand uh, <clears throat> so therefore, that type of Nisoyim, where your God that is supposed to defend your rights, right, is on your side, is actually seems to be on their side, right, and is against you. So that's like, it's called the ultimate betrayal, you see. So therefore, since that is the type of Nisoyim in, in, in Akrasayomen, the reward will be beyond <coughs> measure. If you f don't, you know, <coughs> Now, why is it compared to Akedis Yitzchak? Because think about it, Akedis Yitzchak was also betrayal. How are you going to kill your son? What do you mean? He's the guy that's supposed to carry on a Yiddish guy. The Moshim says, kill him. You know? That, that is such a backward step for Avraham Avinu. You know? He finally had a kid. I mean, how old was he? You know? Whatever. It was 100, whatever, 36, whatever. It's all right. 99 years, he finally has a kid that's going to carry on. <coughs> and Avraham Avinu wasn't just, it wasn't because, it wasn't just a child. 
<coughs> that gave him such a tremendous nachas was that he was into the Bershom, totally. That finally I have a child that will bring a nachas ruch to the Bershom. Right? Naman Yitzav is born of Achrov. That he will command his children after him. Right? And Avraham Avivu's Kavana wasn't that, wow, I finally have a kid after 99 years. Right? Uh, it's where I finally have somebody that can serve God. And the Mekayim Narotzen Abari, this is what his Machshav is. That's the Machshav of Tzadik. Right? And also the Bible says to him, excuse me, you got to kill him? That is such a backward step. With the Bible clearly saying, I don't want this. You know, what do you mean you don't want this? This is the whole point, right? <coughs> and therefore, that's what the original says. Uh, so therefore, the amount of schar is unparalleled in human history, you see. Because the nisoyin that we go through is beyond belief. Beyond belief. Truth is, if you took any of the gedolim, I think, my opinion, if you took any of the Gedoyim today, uh, not today, if you any of the Gedoyim that lived a couple hundred years ago, right, and you took them and said, okay, and you brought them back in Gilgal, right, and you said to them, you know, you need to go get a job. Why don't you go and get a job on uh, Wall Street? He would commit suicide. You know what the Nisiyans are to work on Wall Street? Between the preachers? And the complete immersion in money, in gashmis. I mean, you don't even, after a while, you become inured of this. But if you really think about it, it's beyond belief what the Nisianists are in going, working in Manhattan, or going outside anyway, even in, sometime in whatever. And it's say Lakewood, but, but it, it's beyond belief, you know. I, I remember, what's his name? I think it was Obchatzka Levenstein. You know, so I think he came to America. Was it him? I think it was him. You know, he was thinking of the, when he, from years when he came to America, <coughs> he was thinking of settling down and he got out of the, I think they drove him <coughs> for some type of, I don't remember exactly, but, you know, in Manhattan, he got out of his car, he took one look at the place and he jumped back in his car. She take me to Israel, you know? He was out of here, you know? Uh, because you could lose your entire Ilam Hazer you know, in five minutes in Manhattan. Cell phones also. Uh, it, it, we, we, we cannot grasp the danger to our religion walking around outside. <clears throat> or even in your house. The amount of Yates of Horace and so on and so forth is beyond belief. You know, so therefore anybody who remains from does mitzvahs, tries to hold on as they say, is Akedis Yitzchak. Now, it's hard for us to believe that, you know. But a Jew that does basic mitzvahs today, you know, he remains Elach, you know, uh, you know, Taz Mishpacha, Kashrus, Yom Tov, and all that, today, is probably greater than the Rishonim. You know, because they didn't have to contend with this nonsense. You know, it was a whole different life. And certainly, <coughs> people who lived 2,000 years ago in the time of the Rishonim, I mean, uh, and so on. <clears throat> we don't know that. Because we cannot, and that's also part of it, that's part of the effort. <clears throat> part of the effort is, determines what? Is the Nisoyen we're exposed to. That, that, so the effort to not to be swallowed up by the Nisoyen is, is beyond belief. So that's what the original says, that a Jew today is equal to that Kedis Yitzchak. There was a rabbi that said, 
generations ago for the youth, talking about the problem with the youth now, the problem of the Derek, that, you know, everyone, all Jews live together. For some when they hear things that were wrong, <coughs> see things or do things that were wrong, they'd have to travel. And it wasn't safe for them to go to those non-Jewish parts of the country. Yeah. And they were discouraged because of the travel. Yeah. Now, a kid could be sitting on his porch with a cell phone nobody, and, and tap in any kind of music, any type of image, and find out anything that's going on nearby. And... Uh, it's, it's right in front of it. It's in their hand, right there. Sure, yeah. I, in a certain sense, in a certain sense, I believe, my personal opinion is, my personal opinion is, that the necessity of the internet will destroy the Jews. It's just too great. Even with all the protests and all that stuff, it'll affect you know, hopefully a lot of people and so on, but really, in the end, all those people who are fry, they're finished. The, inter the internet is, a, is global connectivity, but it is a, so destructive that you cannot withstand it. It's like the Gemara says, you take a guy, put him next to a brothel, give him cash, and dress him up. He's finished. You know, the odds of him surviving is beyond, even a bookie wouldn't take his odds in Las Vegas, and believe me, take a lot of odds, you know. Uh, that the internet is such a destructive device, and I'm not, sure, I'm not just talking about the pornographic stuff. They say more than 50% of the people who go on the internet is really for pornography. Don't fool yourself, it's for nothing else, you know. But I'm not even talking about those guys. Uh, but the social networking, Facebook and Twitter, there are people who spend all day on it. And then there are, there are text messaging. There, there are people who cannot live without their cell phone next to them while they sleep. Because God forbid somebody's going to text them and they have to immediately be able to answer. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, you ever, you ever go on a plane or a train or something like that? You know what everybody's doing? What's the universal pose? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, that's it, you know, like, you know, uh, there's no more contact with the outside world. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's this. And he, they, everybody's playing around with their smartphone. And this is now, you know, it's going to get much worse as time goes on because you're going to be connected. Uh, so it is my personal opinion that Judaism basically is doomed. I don't mean from the firma. Even from the firma, it's terrible. But from those guys who have left Yiddishkeit, for the whole world in general, it's over with. Because the horror of the internet is beyond the capacity of a person to stand it. So the only way a person can survive is you cannot have the internet at all. And if you do, it's got to be Sheva. It has to have so many, now forget the filters. Uh, it has to have, you know, it's like Eno Apitropos Larias, you know. It's like a guy's with a woman in the room, how do you know, right? So you give him a god. But how do you know the god? Maybe God also joined the guy, right? Then he needs a god. He needs a god. Like the 14,000 gods. And they're all subject to the same Messiah. Uh, same idea, you know? You can have filter on filter and filter. It doesn't make a difference. You know, the, 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 either the way is not to have the internet, or if you need it, to have the computer in a public place. And then you, then you have to worry because maybe the guy wants to want to stay overtime when nobody's around, everybody's home, and then they play around with the internet. Uh, you, you, you can't mussy 
what, what that device is. Well, it's incredible. So therefore, I believe that the internet is an unbelievable, that's the bad part, that we are finished. The good part is that because we're finished, the Bosham has to come and save us, which means the Gula. Uh, that the device called the internet is <coughs> so dangerous and is so, <coughs> and is so, uh, um, uh, renders a person so helpless that the Bosham will only bring that his son at the end of time. My belief. My opinion. You see, this is what separates the men from the boys. What? The internet is the one that will just make the head go. <coughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it is, like I say, it is a, a, a device that is so destructive, there is no antidote to the internet. The only antidote is either not to have it or to have it in a place that it's not possible to do anything with it other than legitimate business. Uh, but even with that, it doesn't make a difference. What do you equate that of the Vodazora in the in more ancient times, the, the type of Vodazora is the same type of... The type of the Neshama of Vodazora is the same as the type of the internet to the goof? No, the, 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 all the internet so does... The table of Bashar is beyonding, now the person gets destroyed completely. Yeah. What the internet does, <coughs> the destructive force... My, fa my father is a is a is a road in a small town. Yeah, in France. In France, he told me that since the internet, even the fry congregants who used to call him for to know like the date of the yard site, what time is candle lighting, just like basic contact with the rabbi, yeah, it's all gone. Wow. I mean, nobody calls. Nobody anymore. calls anymore. Everybody, everybody feels whatever they need to be found on the internet. Yeah, and there's no contact. Yeah, it's like, it's like there's no way to catch them. In it. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no interaction. There's no interaction. Yeah, and it's over with, you know. Uh, but I was going to say, what the Internet has done, I mean, it has done many things, but one of the things why the Internet is so destructive uh, is because it has made available anything you want. And you have, the, you have every person has Tyvus and so on and so forth. Uh, it hasn't increased your Tyvus. What it has done, it has made it, everything available so... Why not? You know, like this a guy used to have to think four times if you want to go someplace to do an avera. But what? Well, there's no problem anymore. Just get on your cell phone. And, and it used to be you, you needed the you, you need a computer. There's no computer anymore today. You just walk on a smartphone, and it's all there. <coughs> so the good news is that the only time the Russian will allow the internet to exist is right before Mashiach comes. Why would you? That's how bad it is. Why would being tested so heavily like that? What? Why are we being tested so heavily like that? <clears throat> That's the only way to bring the Google Because the internet really, what the internet is really all about, it is a device for the Mashiach. That's what it is. An internet is an incredible device. It's called global connectivity. There, there are certain things that are being developed. <clears throat> I believe that's why it has grown. Because the, the, the Mashiach Ben Yosef is going to come on Yedei Teva. I'm going to tell you the Ruchbis of this. Mashiach Ben Yosef is going to come on Yedei Teva. means naturally. Right? <coughs> so if he's going to come naturally, there has to be a natural way for him to promote his message, which is the Orishan, right? Why is he going to do that? Right? We're talking naturally. We're not talking about miraculous. Right, right. right. What? Google Ads. Like, yeah, the sky is right, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, we didn't share websites. Uh, so, therefore, so therefore, what is interesting is that, so 
the, there, are two, there are two things that allow Mashiach to promote or to bring the redemption Teva-wise. Uh, and that's the internet. Why? Because the internet, number one, is global connectivity. Uh, you know, number one. And number two, that, that's, the, that's why there is an internet, by the way. So, of course, the real reason why it's here is, I believe, because it is the natural way Mashiach ben Yosef can contact everybody. <coughs> that's number one. <coughs> number two, right? So How therefore, can you do that if it's so full of tumor? Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. I'm in total time now. No, because it answers why we have it. Uh, you know, so we have it for that. So therefore, he will be able to contact and give his shurim, whatever he does, right? Over to the entire mankind. Because everybody's got a computer now. And now it's on the smartphone. That means everybody is reachable by the Mashiach. Number one. Number two, like you said, wait a minute, what about those people who live in the Mojave Desert? Can't reach them? And the answer is no. That's why the concept of wireless has grown. So therefore, today it's possible where a guy lives in Hudson Clots, you know, in Arkansas, Hudson Clots, Arkansas. <laughs> a guy lives in the, you know, he lives in the Himalayas somewhere, you know, and he'll be able to what? The guy sit up there without electricity, it's all wireless. That's why batteries, wireless, and internet exists. Uh, because, so he can broadcast Ruchnius. Now forget about why would anybody listen to him. You know, because he's going to have to have his own website. You know what I'm saying? He's going to have to be on Twitter, Facebook, Facebook. You know, I'm, I'm not forget about that. That's a different story. You know, all I'm saying is that Sheikh Ben Yosef is is a Mashiach that deals with Teva natural, and therefore the internet, which is global connectivity, together with batteries, together with wireless. That's why, and I believe also that's why Bill Gates who is responsible for an enormous amount of standardization of the internet and so on. That's why Abraham made him so wealthy. Now, I don't know why he was the guy chosen. I don't know, because you have to know who he was. He's killed in the Shema. I, whatever that is. But I, I do know why there's one guy. Because you know committees. Committees never get anything done. <laughs> so if, if there were committees to standardize you know, all the, the, the uh, protocol of the internet, whenever it got done. So the Bonshim said, okay, you're the guy. So he's one guy, he has a ton of money, and Google now. And so these guys are able to, one guy to revolutionize the whole, what's called communications. And that's really what the internet is about. It is a communications device that can transform a world. Because of batteries, wireless, and in real time, you can have Skype, you, know, you can have diagrams, you can do whatever you want on the internet. And people can learn the Ruchnius in real time. Oh, that's the real device. So the Roshim has come and he announced in front of his Bezdin, Raboisai, now's the time. We need a device that will begin to grow, that is the ultimate communications device, and will have all, everybody uh, connected. Right? So the Maloch, so the Sultan says, excuse me, this is probably an actual conversation that took place. The, the Sultan said, excuse me, you want to do this? It's not fair. They're not royal for this. They're not zoicha for this. Come on. So Bonshim said, and this was called Shoicha the Sultan. He said, no, I understand. I'll be then really, it can't happen. But you know what I'll do? You get it first. <laughs> you get it first. It's yours. 
So something says you won the lottery. Right? What? You won the lottery. Wow. Uh, it's yours. This, by the way, is what's called Shurcha the Sutton. Because the problem is the Sutton comes up there, I'll be dim. That, that's how he wins. He doesn't say, I won, who are you? But he says, I'll be dim. This cannot be. Because uh, they're not Zurcha to this. So Shurcha the Sutton, he means that the Bosham pacifies a pieces of <coughs> justice. So he said, okay, it's got to come down. Sorry. However, you get it first. No problem. By the time I get the, by the time I get, by the kind, by the time I get through with mankind, they're gonna be fit to be tied. And all of a sudden, there it comes, right? There it comes. This twist, or what do you call not twist? Twitter and Facebook and all the pornography, you name it, and all the. Because remember, the internet is not only tumma; it's unbelievable. Beetle Torah, or Beatles man. I mean, everybody's on the internet all day long. Uh, and so on, and it has created enormous havoc with clients from and everybody. So that's the Shaykh the Sultan. You get it first. So the good news is that the internet is here for messianic purposes. I realize there are people out there that will disagree with me, however, they are wrong. That's why it's here. <laughs> Just like the telephone is the same concept, you know, because uh, also has a lot of tom on the phone. But there are reasons because the Russian wants to increase the communications in mankind. Alright, so since part of the messianic era will be Teva, it has to be. And that's the, but the Russian said it's yours first. The same thing, two other fundamental phenomena occur the same way. And there's more. Uh, Eretz Israel had to go back to the Jews. You see. So the Sultan said, wait a minute, Eretz has to go back to the Jews. They don't deserve Eretz Israel. Uh, so the Russian says, no, it's got to come. So what was the Sultan going to say? So the Russian had to, Mephias didn't. Justice, because he was right. So Baruch says, "Okay, it's going to come. You guys go first. All of a sudden, who originates the idea? Hansel. I don't even know if the guy was reformed. I don't know if he believed in God. I don't know what he was. But all of a sudden, he's the one who suggested this, the concept of Eretz Yisrael. And then who's the one who got it first? Mapai, Maskilim. And so all these guys got it first. And that was the deal. You see, and the son said, fine. By the time I get rid of these guys, you know, the, you know, the, it's great. <clears throat> the same—that's another phenomenon that happened. Sheikh Abdul Salam. And the third phenomenon that happened is what? It's Kabbalah. The Bunshim said the ore of Kabbalah has to become begin to come down. So Sultan says, Kabbalah, you want to give him this? You want to give him the Hasogas of Enid Mavadoi of 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 the Lomas to these people? The Moshe says, yes, the time has arrived, and the Moshe has his chishboinus. But then the Sultan has his chishboinus. Why? It, it's not right. So to Mephias the Din, Shaykh the Sultan, the Moshe says, okay, you get it first. Who's first? All the Hollywood stars that are into Kabbalah, right? And all the other guys trying to promote this, selling holy water, selling Zoyas to Goyim. You all know who that is, and I'll say, and so on, right? You know, and so on. All these guys that are, that are being mavazer, uh, this kind of terror, the Orishan, the, the, these Hasogas, the Kedush, and so on, they get it first. Uh, that's why if you want to improve your Kabbalistic understanding, you need to call Madonna. Oh, the, uh, she's a... She's a... <laughs> she's Esther. Oh, she's she Esther. Esther. Oh, Esther? Esther, yeah. Esther. Oh. You know, we read uh, 
Yeah, okay. Well, all the Hollywood stars, you know, you got to go to, uh, you know, whatever <laughs> place that, uh, you know. Uh, this is called Sheikh HaDesot. But the reason why they came down is not for Nisoyen. It's because the Sutton is what allows the Sutton to use them first. Uh, but the reason why they came down, like Eretz Yisrael, obviously for Eretz Yisrael. Kabbalah, because that's the Desmond demands that they begin to be introduced to a higher saga, right? And we have the internet, because that is an incredible communications device, you know, that can be used for unbelievable Kedusha. The problem is, obviously, is that the Sutton gets it first, and that's why it's destroying. But like I said, so the uh, the good news is that it's here, but like I say, it is so destructive that the Jews don't have a chance against it. Really? So it's going to happen, and so on. In any case, um, so these are some of the ideas. Question, brother, if I understand the Lachim are in a fixed place, <coughs> they don't move unless Hashem grants them to move. They're fixed, they're singing praises to Hashem. Yeah. Would you say that the Sultan has the probably most evolved interaction with Hashem, the, the most will to speak and, and move about freely above all the Well, he, he's in charge of Dina. Yeah, he's in charge of Dina. So as such, he's... he's uh, uh, yeah. Next week, quarter to nine. By the way, for those who missed, I gave a half-hour rendition people missed. Get on the, inter the internet. Get on the internet. <laughs> 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 uh, the website 